We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And it's Friday, June 23rd, and we're fighting. It's Fighting Friday. It's an early, early card tomorrow. Remember that. Get up. You got to get up early tomorrow. Okay. 11:30 a.m. lock time for a UFC Jacksonville. Jacksonville, it's an ABC card. So that's the reason why it's early. So the main the main card will be on uh, national uh, what, broadcast television. Uh, not a bad card. We have 14 fights as of now. As of now, I've seen on Twitter that I think three fighters have, have missed weight. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, we always, we always, it's 14 fights. Can we please keep it? We didn't get any cancellations on Thursday, but now uh, Jamal Emmer's, Missed weight. Uh, Clayton Rodriguez, I think, missed weight by like four pounds or something. So 
gotta keep on on our toes on what whether or not the the fight is still going to happen, or whether or not you know one of the fighters is you know they're gonna sacrifice some of their purse and the, the fight will continue. So uh, keep keep apprised of that. Follow follow the Roto Grinders accounts on Twitter. Follow me. Follow H three Buddha, Mike Liam on Twitter. Obviously, if you want a, a breakdown of all the fights, uh, the the Ground and Pound podcast should come out today with Mike and Liam uh, going through all of the fights, all the how they plan on playing out, right? All the scouting that Liam does and uh, the DFS strategy from Mike, as well as our expert survey. Uh, we got our lineup HQ. We got our projections, our ownership, everything behind the paywall. Go click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a Roto-Grinders premium subscription you'll get all of that i'm showing some of that obviously on the screen right now also tomorrow morning 11 o'clock crunch time with me and mike so uh at that i'll have all my lineups in by that point i'm playing 50 lineups tomorrow so you get a little bit more uh in depth like your last minute type of uh strategic dfs strategy everything before then Right now, it's more of a, you know, typically on these Fridays, Fighting Fridays, it's just a first look. Seeing seeing how everything, the lay of the land, the context of a slate, where the field is going, where maybe we should be going more. Uh, give me those thummy thumbs in the chat. I see the early birds here. I see every, the, the normal the normal people here. The regulars, hit that thumbs up button. But as of now, we got 14 fights. Because remember, we always go over the two main contextual variables of the slate. So especially if you're playing large field GPPs, I mean, there's only 28 options and you're kind of looking to make the nut lineup, right? It's most likely, more likely than not, with limited options in large field contests that the nut lineup will be the winning lineup. So what is the probability of what the nut lineup looks like? Well, that's dependent on the two contextual variables. One, size of the slate. Two, Spreads of the fights. Okay. Size of the slate 14. If we keep it, if we, please, please, please to the MMA gods, can we please keep it at 14? So this would be a larger card. Okay. And on larger cards, since there are more fights, more ability, more opportunities for fighters to score 100 plus points, right? Ceiling outcomes, uh, we prioritize that a little bit more over win probability. So I'm gonna to go to my I'm gonna to go to my my sheet right now, uh, with some some updated you know some lines from yesterday whatever I still have to update some of this, uh, but we see you know four we have 14 fights we have a decent amount of fights that are are that are are favored to end inside the distance so especially for underdogs remember on smaller cards not as many options you know getting you know a Macy Barber win right over over uh, Amanda Ibas. Like at 70 points, like that, that that could be in the nut lineup, especially if, you know, not any other underdogs win, right? On smaller cards, that applies more. But on larger cards, there's more of a chance that more underdogs win. And also more of a chance that the underdogs that do win or the mid-price fighters that do win put up, you know, 100 plus points. So I'd be focused a little bit more, leaning a little bit more towards ceiling outcomes. So we take a look here at like that, that Ebus um, barber fight. Plus three twenty-five for Ebus and plus three sixty for Barber. Uh, I think I think the fight's a little bit, probably a little bit closer than a, than an eighty-nine hundred, seventy-three hundred dollar fight. But without a finish, 
I don't know how how what what the ceiling of that fight is. Same thing for the like the Zuma Gulov Joshua Van fight. Uh, that's that's favored to uh, to go the distance. Uh, Joshua Van may end up being a semi popular underdog tomorrow, but you know without a finish, what what is what is his point? What what is, what does the score look like? 70, 80 points. It may not it, on this type of slate with fourteen fights. While it may be fine for smaller field, maybe you're fine. But for larger field, I mean, this this seems like the type of slate that you're going to need close to 700 points to win, to make the nut lineup. And maybe some of these some of these fights don't have the ceiling likelihood. Like we look at the Magny uh, Phil Rowe fight. Right? Magny's plus 425 inside the distance, right? Rowe, Rowe is actually, you know, more likely to knock Magny out, but Rowe doesn't really score any other way. Uh, so that may be a fight that has a lower ceiling probability. So I'd be, I'd be focused more on the fights that, uh, that, uh, that could produce a hundred plus points. And I'm seeing on Twitter that, uh, Loic Radzibov, uh, also missed weight, but the fight is still on against Mateus Rebecki, uh, but it'll be fine. 20% of his purse. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Okay, and Clayton Rodriguez missed missed pound missed three pounds. So let's see what happens with the Tyra Rodriguez fight. But as of now, all the fights are still on. So being that it's fourteen fights, I'm I'm going to be you know focusing on the fights that are more likely to end inside the distance and more likely to score hundred plus points. So we're talking about you know the Ilya Teperia, Tyra, uh, Gabriel Santos, the Allen. The Allen, who's he fighting? The Allen, Allen Dumas fight? No, Dumas is facing Brun. No, that fight also. The Brundage uh, Dumas fight is, is is important. I mean, look at these ITD numbers. Oh, Bruno Silva, Bruno Silva versus Brendan Allen, right? Gabriel Santos versus uh, who's he fighting? David Onama, maybe a little bit more on the Santos side because of his wrestling upside. Like the Taffa fight. I mean, there's a bunch of them. The peak Mariscal fight right in the middle, 8,200, 8,000, right? Understand that some some of the floors of these fights are, is, is very low, right? Someone's going to score 100 points and the other guy's going to score. You're going to see 2.8 or something, right? You can end really early. But uh, the, those are the types of fights that I'd be I'd be focused on much more than than the fights that Feature primarily striking, striking-based fighters that are more likely to go second, third round to to uh, to the scorecards. The second contextual variable that we look at are the spreads of the fights. When we have slates where there's a m- multitude of huge favorites, that means it's less likely for underdogs. How many underdogs are likely to win? When the when the spreads are closer, that means it's more and more likely that we may get multiple underdogs winning which means that the nut lineup could be less and less salary uh, used, right? On a, on, a, on, a small, on a small card with a lot of big favorites, it's quite possible that the highest scoring underdog is in the nut lineup because none of the underdogs win. On this slate, outside of, I mean, we have like Topuria's minus 350, Tyra's minus 265. We have a couple of like minus 220, around minus 200s. Right. So two to one. I mean, it's mostly it's mostly like half of these fights are like feature two to one favorites. And then then a bunch are 
three to twos or nearly pickums. So I think this is more of a card where there are there are more viable underdogs. So instead of you know using 50k salary, it's quite possible a, a 48-2 lineup is the nuts, right? We could see a world. Look at some of these ITD lines. Uh I mean, it's quite possible that Dumas wins at 7,500 plus 180. Austin Lane wins plus 230. Bruno Silva knocks out uh, Brendan Allen. And next thing you know, the nut lineup could leave like 3,000 on the table. Could. I don't know how far down you go, but I wouldn't be as concerned on this slate on spending 50K in salary. And, And we all know people's, you know, proclivities the field, right? Our opponents' proclivities are to use as much of the salary as possible. They're building lineups 50K, 49.9, 49.8, 49.7. And there are lineups that leave a thousand on the table that have as much or as, as you know, equal or similar expected value, win probability, nut probability, as the lineups that spend 50K. So obviously, you know, if you could, if, if you have a lineup that has a similar nut probability at 49.2, Versus the lineup at 50K, but the 50K lineup is duplicated 8, 10, 15 times. And the 49-2 lineup is duplicated two or three times. I mean, you'd much rather play the 49-2 lineup. So I wouldn't be as concerned about spending all the money. And also, we take a look at the main event. The five-round main event is Tapuria versus Emmett. It actually is the is the biggest spread fight on the entire slate. So with Tapuria at 9,500... Emmett at 6,700. Obviously, if Emmett wins, I mean, this fight mo- it most likely doesn't go the distance. I mean, to me, I treat this Tapuria-Emmett fight, you almost don't even treat it like a five-round fight. This is almost like three. From all intents and purposes, based on probabilities, this fight will be over by the third round. Most likely. And, you know, someone like Josh Emmett, it's, uh, you don't expect him to wrestle, right? Tapuria... I mean, I guess he, I guess he can, but this most likely is going to be a striking, striking-based fight. Uh, Tapuria obviously is the best, you know, inside the distance line. It's at uh, minus two twenty-five, but I mean, he's ninety-five hundred. So let's say Tapuria wins and gets one hundred and five points. I mean, he's ninety-five hundred. I mean, look, we have fourteen fights on the slate. We got other guys that have, you know, thirty-five, forty plus, fifty percent chances of winning inside the distance. Like 105 points at 9,500, it could easily miss the optimal lineup. Dude, 115 points, 120 points at 9,500, depending on the underdogs that win. That can miss the nut lineup. So I think that uh, although Tupuria has the best inside the distance line, uh, his path to scoring 100 plus points may not warrant him being almost 50% owned. Like I have him... I, I, right now, I think he's going to be more like 46% owned, 49, something like that. Uh, I think I could build way more lineups with like Tyra Allen, right? Brandy Brown. I mean, Randy Brown obviously has a smaller path to score a lot of points because he's, I mean, basically he's relying on a first round knockout to score that much. But Gabriel Santos, and then we got the guys in the mid range. I mean, Taffa, Brundage, uh, Peak, right? All. Good inside the distance lines. I mean, it's quite possible that no 900, it's quite possible no 9K fighter makes the nut lineup, right? Imagine we build build a lineup. I mean, this is completely viable. Let's say you play Taffa Brundage, 
right? You're, you're spending a decent amount of salary, but you're going, you're not using any 9K fighter. You use peak, right? You got 8,100. Maybe you use, let's see, what, what, what's a good underdog? Well, let, uh, I guess uh, Dumas we can't use, Lane we can't use. I mean, we could use, uh, uh, I mean, Bruno Silva against Allen, right? We got 8,600. I mean, look, you have so many. I mean, look at this. I mean, you can play Emmers and Rebecca and the 49-8 lineup. I mean, like, there's no reason why this type of lineup can't win. I mean, even if we go even lower, top of Brundage, peak, Silva. Maybe we play, uh, I mean, let's take a look at some ITD lines. I mean, we can play Van Austin. I mean, we can't play Lane. We can't play. We can't play Dumas. Uh, Phil Rowe. I mean, you can play Phil Rowe. You can even go down instead of Tafa. Instead of Peak, you play Mariscal. So let's say you go to go to go to Rowe here. Rowe. I mean, you could obviously you could play Tapuria in this lineup, but that's a nine. That's a that's a fifty k lineup, right? You see right here, fifty k line. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I mean, it's completely viable that, you know, the lineup with Joshua Van. Here's a 47-7 lineup. All these fights could end inside the distance. I mean, maybe a little bit less so on, on Van. But Taffa, Taffa could score 100-plus. Brundage, easily 100-plus. Peak, 100-plus. Silva, first-round knockout. Phil Rowe, first round knockout on Magni. 
I mean, this is a you're leaving twenty three hundred on the table. And if this is not going to be duped, I mean, would you rather do that or or, or play a lineup that's fifty k? I mean, we take a look at like what more probable constructions are going to be is like Tapuria up top, like Tapuria Santos, Tafa. All right, we we still get Van down here and Silva. Right, we got Silva. Van, 82. I mean, look. Yeah, I'm going to show you. That fits perfectly. Like, Here's a lineup that's going to be duplicated a lot. 210% ownership total. Taporia, Santos, Tafa, Peak, Van, Silva. Like this like this would be a lineup that I'd be avoiding. Because, I mean, look. The lowest the lowest owned fighter in your lineup is like 22% owned. You got a 58. I mean, based on the RG projections currently. 58, 31, 35, 33. I mean, it's a 14 fight card. You got 28 fighters. Why are you playing four fighters in your lineup that are 30 plus percent owned together? These com- the combinations of these guys, like Peak, Tafa, Santos, Superior, are going to be heavy, heavy, heavy. And even if you change, like, you know, Peak to Mariscal, I mean, you're not dropping that much ownership if he's going to be 22 percent owned. I mean, these are the kind. I mean, these are the fights that you're probably targeting more than more than not. But these are the combinations that I would be avoiding, more so, based on the current ownership, and based on you know who 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 missed weight or whatever. So you see that Emmers did make weight. Okay, I'm seeing on Twitter, Emmers made one twenty one forty six on his second attempt. So I'm, so the only person that so we we know about the uh, the lower grads grads above. Fight that's going on with the with the you know he's giving up part of his purse. So basically, what we're waiting on is the Tyra Clayton Rodriguez fight, with Rodriguez missed by what three pounds, which is pretty which is pretty big when you when it's a one twenty five er, right? In comparison, it's not like you know it's not like they're weighing in for for you know one fifty five or one eighty or you know two hundred five. They're two hundred five and two hundred eight. Ain't that big of a difference in proportion, I guess. So we'll see about that. I hope that fight's still on. I want to play. I'm going to, I mean, personally, I, I'm looking to play a lot of Tyra over Taporia. So hopefully that fight, hopefully that fight stays on the slate. If you got any questions, you can obviously post them in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups if you're there. Because this is pretty much just the first look. I'm looking at, you know, current ownership. What we have here, uh, you know, my estimated one as of now until I start aggregating stuff together. From from an ownership standpoint, based on the betting lines, based on the median projections and ceiling probabilities, I mean, it, it does show that, that like, Gabriel Santos at, like, 29% owned would actually be under-owned, right? Like, Tyra at 25% would be a little a little under-owned. Tapuria, like, Tapuria probably... Sh- Tapuria should be like 45 to 50% owned. He should be. I mean, that would be like his efficient ownership in a vacuum. Other guys that are a little bit under-owned, I mean, even Tafa and Brundage have value at 33 and 29% owned, if they're that owned. If they start coming up more, maybe not. That peak Mariscal fight, because, I mean, it's plus 110 for peak, plus 165 for Mariscal inside the distance. It's quite, I mean... 
quite likely at those prices that, you know, some early finish, one of these two fighters at their prices is going to make the optimal. Then on the underdog side, I have uh, like Austin Lane, Cedricus Dumas, based on their inside the distance line, a little bit under-owned. If, if Dumas comes in at 21 and Lane comes in at 17, you bump that up a little and they're, then they're a little bit more efficiently owned. I guess there's maybe a little value maybe on Onama at 17% owned, but that there's a variance there. If you make Onama like 19, like he's, he's about efficiently owned. Ones that, ones that are over-owned, I mean, I think uh, Zaga Zumagulov at 12% would be over-owned. Rebus. At 15% would be overrun. They're just ITD lines are just so much lower. And they're also their their paths to their their natural paths to scoring hundred points, even in decisions. Right? You don't expect Zuma Gulov to do that much wrestling or Rebus to do that much wrestling or anything against Macy Barber, right? Probably not. I think Tabitha Ricci may come come in a little overowned. But obviously she has upside. I mean, obviously, the Ricci Robertson fight is interesting because it's too two women's wrestlers against each other. So sometimes they, that negates each other out. I mean, I think Richie could rack up points and so could Robertson, but it could also be one of those fights where it, it plays out. It plays out on the ground, but like one, one woman, you know, one fighter uh, dominates one round and then one, the other fighter dominates the next round. And then next thing you know, the winner scores 72 points. It could be other over-owned, Overowned fighters down. I mean, I think Loic Radzibov obviously has a path to scoring a bunch of points from uh, from wrestling, but plus four seventy five seems seems pretty low if he's going to be like twenty three percent owned. Same for Jack Jenkins at plus four hundred inside the distance. Even if like thirteen percent owned sounds low owned, but I mean, based on these numbers, I'd I'd much rather take a shot on a on a Wellington Termon or an Onama. Or, you know, so someone down here, Plates and Rodriguez even, like for, for cheaper, especially fitting into lineups that are, that are using most of the salary. So that's what I, that's what I see as of now. And obviously some of these lines are going to change. Maybe not, maybe not the, the money line odds, but the inside the distance lines based on, based on the people, because obviously people look at the weigh-ins, they see what's going on. You could watch that. You could watch that on Twitter. I just pay attention to it. But the main thing is like just uh, obviously this happens on, on any slate. Just try to avoid the most common combinations of fighters. So I think as of right now, the the if I had a group that I would say like a some some, some type of max group, I would put like Taporia, Santos, Tafa. Peak, like I think those are the top, I think those are the top four. I would do something like max two. Max two may be fine. I mean, you can find some combinations with max three. I guess you can, because there's, there's obviously there's more fighters on the slate. But if you're just being a little bit more blunt, I would do something like Tapuria Santos Tafa Peak Max two, and then see what comes out, and maybe even do an underdog. Maybe even do an underdog pool of like like a Van Silva, Van Silva Radzibov Max One, something like that. Maybe it's it, like not, none of these none of these underdogs are really popping in ownership 
as of now. Like, no, no one's coming in at like 30% owned. Like, that's typically when I start going, okay, I don't want to play the, the, you know, the most popular underdog that isn't all that dramatically better than other underdogs. So I look down here, even based on my like average from mine to Roto Grinders. I mean, underdogs, 22, 20, 23, 18, 13, 21, 17, 14, 23, 22, 17, 11, 12, 12. Like, there's nothing that's like that much. Like, the highest would be Radzibov and, and Van, Silva, then Dumas. But they're not, like, high enough owned that, like, in combination. Like, maybe I wouldn't want to play more than two of them. Maybe, and but it all depends on who you play up here. I mean, if you if you're gonna play a lineup that has like it's like a Randy Brown, Jamal Emmers, uh, Mateus Rebecki lineup, it's like good, fine, play play a chalkier underdog. But none of these underdogs, as of now, are getting to thirty plus percent, which kind of makes them all mix and match to me. I prefer slates where there's there's an underdog or two that like ends up like thirty five plus percent owned. And not because of some pricing mistake. You know, the replacement fighter, and now the guy's minus 300. Not that type of situation. Could break, I, I think Joshua Van's uh, uh, ownership may end up coming up. Only because I don't think many people are playing Zalgus at all. So if people aren't playing Zalgus, like Joshua Van, especially plus 275 ain't that bad ITD line for a $7,200 fighter. I can see his ownership getting a little bit inflated. Maybe instead of 23, he comes in at 28. Maybe he hits that 30 mark. Finally, Zalgus gets to fight. Right? So, so many times uh, his, his opponent drops out. Who's up? Who knows? Maybe later today his opponent does drop out. Maybe Zalgus never gets to fight. Who knows? Well, we'll find out more for tomorrow. Remember, it's an early slate. 11.30 a.m. Eastern Lock. If you're on the West Coast, that's 8.30 in the morning. So get up early. We'll be on uh, MMA Crunch Time. Me and Mike H3 Buddha. Once I've gone through and uh, made some lineups and see you know, what certain combinations and adjust ownership and everything, I'll update that for you tomorrow morning. Mike will give, uh, you give his uh, you know prize pick stuff. He, he always posts that on Twitter. And if you want to hear a, a breakdown of all the fights, right, an actual sporting breakdown of all the fights, Liam provides that very, very well with Mike on the Grounded Pound podcast, as well as on his uh, his, his article and the expert survey, which you can get if you're a Roto Grinders premium subscriber. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month, and. Uh, and if, you, if you're going to play lineups that uh, that that are plus EV, don't dupe me. Don't dupe me, bro. Don't dupe me because uh, I hope we stay at 14 fights. More combinations. The more edge there is. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't been running very good. I have not been running very good in, in UFC uh, at DFS lately. So maybe, the, maybe this is the one where it turns it all around. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good weekend. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. And I'll see you again. I'll see you again next week. Right? Because I'm here. I'm here every day, pretty much. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern. Answering your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show. On rotogrinders.com.